0: Blog Talk Radio Corruption, greed, xenophobia, white supremacy, a nation in the grips of a pandemic, healthcare resources strained to their limits, an economy on the brink of collapse, and at the helm, a clueless con artist who cares more about his own re-election over saving lives. Join Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left that's right live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan at 24-7 at liberaldan.com. We must unite to save this country in spite of this buffoon's ineptitude before it's too late. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. If you're listening on the Blog Talk Radio website, go to the show episode page, and you can leave uh, your comments in the chat room, and I will respond to them as I get to them. And if you also listen after the broad podcast live. If you're listening afterwards, you could leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. on the show thread at liberaldan.com, at least Wednesday's show thread, I think. Uh, on Facebook.com/slash/liberaldan or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Um, this is kind of a normally we're Wednesdays, uh, but I'm doing one today because when last Wednesday's episode was utter garbage. Because I was having some technical difficulties, I have a brand new computer, and I think it just needed to have some updates done. So I made sure it got rebooted a couple of times, and we will see how it goes. Hopefully, the sound will be much better than it was last week, and I will be giving it a listen to afterwards. And hopefully, my wife will also uh, give me a, a listen as well um, as we uh, as we go on and. Last week, I wanted to talk about two things. Now, more things have been added. I think to the plate that perhaps I'll talk about a little more on Wednesday as they more information as more information is revealed about the circumstances at hand um, about the murder of Rashard Brooks. Now, um, which is again a sad situation and another unneeded situation he was running away from the police if you're fleeing from the police does not require death deadly force running away should not be considered in and of itself allowance of the use of deadly force now does that mean that you should never be able to shoot somebody when they're running away no i'll give you an example of when maybe you should be able to shoot somebody when they're running away. If they're running away from you, but have a gun and they're ready and they're aiming the gun at other people and about ready to start shooting or are in the process of shooting people, then you're not shooting them for running away. You're shooting them for shooting at other people. And that's the thing is that, and that wouldn't be a situation of you shooting them because they're running away. That's a situation of, you shooting them because of a things, but he just also happened to be running in the opposite direction of you. So I, I just, I, and, and when I saw this happen, when I was watching the news and I, and I almost was like, let's turn on the news to see what other horrible things had happened. And I turned on the news and another horrible thing happened. It's like I predicted it in that, but it's almost like it's not even something that's, A prediction it's more of a it's more of a uh, you know well I'd be surprised if something else didn't happen like I'd be surprised if I if I turn on the news tomorrow and I see that there's no shootings by police of innocent people not even innocent people I mean if you're if you're guilty of a crime in and of itself that also doesn't justify there was somebody shared a video the other day and and, and maybe the and this will go a little bit and I'll talk about a little this more I guess when I discuss the next part but there was a video it was I think from a year ago, maybe more than a year ago where there was a black lives matter protest going on to counter protest a trump protest um, and they invited a bunch of the people you could hear them just paid them no mind. They didn't want to anybody paying anybody, um, any attention to see if there was, you know, just, they just wanted to leave them alone, I guess. But then finally somebody said, look, we're going to invite these people up and we're going to let them speak. And they did uh, to their credit. It's it's it just, you know, I am always willing to allow people on from the other side of the aisle and that potentially is happening Wednesday where I will allow somebody else to come on my podcast and we're going to have a discussion about the issues. And, you know, we're going to, you know, be civil and peaceful. And, and we're probably going to disagree on pretty much everything, but it'll allow the both of us to kind of air, air things out. And maybe we'll convince each other and maybe we won't, but allowing them to get up. But the thing is like, he's getting up individual is getting up. And uh, he starts giving his spiel, if you will, and there are people shouting out because they they brought up, uh, I think it was Eric Garner that he brought up, and somebody in the crowd shouts out, but he was a criminal. And I'm like, but that has nothing to do with it. Being a criminal does not justify deadly force. And that's the thing. And if you look into the statistics and the data, and again, that's something else, or the data, if you will, that's something that, again, separates the two Americas. In that, you have people who use facts, logic, reason, data, gather information, make an informed decision. And then you have people who just don't. Who reject science? Who question science? Who just don't want to, you know, don't want to trust anybody who's coming at you with facts, and they'd rather they'd rather just grasp, behold, and keep their preconceived notions. Uh, and so let, let's go ahead, and we'll come back to that. But you know, one of the things that I wanted to do about this show that I promised a couple of weeks back was uh, Barack Obama said. This, at the 2004 Democratic National Convention.
1: It is that fundamental belief, I am my brother's keeper, I am my sister's keeper, that makes this country work. It's what allows us to pursue our individual dreams, and yet still come together as one American family. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. Now, Even as we speak, there are those who are preparing to divide us. The spin masters, the negative ad peddlers, who embrace the politics of anything goes. Well, I say to them tonight, there is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There is the United States of America. The pundits, the pundits like to slice and dice our country into red states and blue states, red states for Republicans, blue states for Democrats, but I've got news for them, too. We worship an awesome God in the blue states, and we don't like federal agents poking around in our libraries in the red states. We coach little league in the blue states, And, yes, we've got some gay friends in the red states. There are patriots who oppose the war in Iraq, and there are patriots who supported the war in Iraq. We are one people, all of us pledging allegiance to the stars and stripes, all of us defending the United States of America.
0: Okay, so, again, this it's good sentiment and it obviously played well to the crowd and, and we wanted to unite everybody in 2004. There, there was, there seemed to be a nation divided over the Iraq war and it's fine to say those things, but in reality, that's just not true because there are two Americas. There are the Americas. Um, who believe in science. There are Americas that don't. There are, the face mask issue is the number one thing that made me want to have this topic on my podcast because you have people who are willing to listen to experts and say, oh, well, the experts are saying that the best way to deal with this and to prevent the spread of the coronavirus is a the socially distance. B if you have to come out then you want to wear something that covers your face and that's another thing you know that i oh, bring it boys in the uh, in the chat room um, I want you to do me a favor uh, bring it boy um, let me know if the audio sounds weird in there last Wednesday I was having some extreme audio difficulties and I think I have them all fixed. But if anything happens, uh, just, just give me a shout and let me know that something is still wrong with the audio. Uh, so it's good to have somebody uh, in the chat room listening who can give me any, any, every uh, information. But here you, go. Once you go mask, you ain't going back. <laughs> well, I think at some point we will be going back to not wearing face coverings. And that's, that's another thing. It's, it's the the unneeded pedantry, if you will, of having to you know, cuz there is an article back from March that says well you shouldn't wear masks if you're not in you don't you don't need to wear masks but the title was shorthand for the fact that they were talking about the N95 masks and these were the masks that we wanted to save to make sure that our first responders and other the frontline workers people who had to deal with sick people every day needed to have those masks and the N95 masks specifically, because those were more likely to prevent the wearer from getting the disease. And then later on, as we learned more about the virus, we also were told that we should wear masks, but in this case, it's masks in the more general sense uh, to cover our faces, because that will not necessarily protect us if we're surrounded by people who are infected. But if we are infected and we don't know about it, or even if we do know about it, if we wear a mask, we're less likely to spread it to other people. So, the uh, and, and you have people who want to be unneeded, use unnecessary pedantry and say, well, the meaning of the word is this. And, and you should, if you mean face coverings, you should say face coverings. Well, no, because you should understand by the context of what's being discussed What we're talking about, are you talking about, when we're talking about N95 masks and and the masks that we will say N95 masks, but when we're talking about masks, and there are people, I've had a conversation with somebody on Facebook, and that person, once we explain to that person that we don't mean that you have to wear an N95 mask, you can just wear something that covers your face, something that covers your nose and your mouth, and don't get me started on that today, I had to go to Costco today because we were out of milk and my kids drink milk. Like we should have bought a cow. Basically we should have purchased a cow and have the cow in the backyard. Maybe the cow would have eaten our grass. So we don't need a lawnmower. And also maybe we would um, not have to deal with going to milk and going to Costco and getting milk sometimes twice a week because they drink so much milk anyway. But so go to Costco today and you had people wearing masks under their chin wearing masks, not covering their nose. And, you know, with maybe if they're covering, their not covering their nose, maybe they're just admitting that they're mouth breathers. I don't know, but the, again, you have people who again want to wear the masks, and you have people who don't want to wear the masks and will fight wearing the masks. And it got to the point where, where, why, before the last podcast, I said, maybe are there two Americas? Maybe there are more than two Americas because in that subset of, in that set of Americans, that don't want to wear a mask or that 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 don't understand the science and reject the science of mask wearing uh you have people who are varying different degrees like costco says you can't wear you can't come in if you don't wear a mask and that's just their policy and there was an individual who was caught on camera uh who was uh he might have even been the one recording it and he basically said look i'm not I'm not wearing a mask in your store because you can't tell me what to do. And they said, well, we can't tell you what to do. This is our store and you can leave. You're not allowed to buy this. And they took the card away. And those people, you know, but then other people, I had had a friend of mine who's conservative who on Facebook, and he says, you know, if a business told me that I could not enter their store unless I wore a mask, then I would wear the mask. And I said, what if government suggested that all businesses should require masks? And he's like, well, then I would have a problem. So it's not even the requirement of wearing a mask that's a problem, because I worded it specifically to not say government requiring, but government suggesting, government guidelines. Government guidelines said wear the mask, and the business said, okay, well we're following government guidelines, we're wearing the masks. Then the people are going to fight about it and have an argument about it. I'm like, why? Why are you? Ha- why would you wear it under one situation but not the other? It's like you it's it's like a somebody like a kid child you have a child who you tell them not to do something and they want to do it specifically because they know it's being rebellious they know it's they know it's bucking the system and they want to buck the system so therefore they are going to make sure that they're going to fight every single thing that they're told to do it was like like when Obama got president, became president in 2009 when he was sworn in, and even before the swearing-in ceremony, uh, the GOP met together in private to basically discuss how the uh, how they were going to stop Obama from doing everything he wants to do. And so it's it it didn't even matter if he said like they could, he could have said let's make sure that. Um, Veterans get better health care. He could have said that, and something that I w- you would normally think that conservatives would agree with, and that's a good thing. And but they had to—they would—they would oppose it specifically because Obama supported it. Take for example, Barack Obama's Supreme Court nominee was unanimously, I believe, approved when Obama promoted him to the lower court. It's just that they didn't support him when he got nominated to the Supreme court by Obama, because I don't even think he was, maybe he wasn't even nominated by Obama. Maybe he was. I don't, I don't don't forget. I don't forget. I don't remember exactly who, when the, the, when the person was nominated prior and I'm even blanking on the name at the moment because he got replaced by Gorsuch and then Kavanaugh came in. And that's an interesting thing, and let's talk about that. Um, that that is an interesting. I'll, I'll get to that. Bringing the boy. That that that's an interesting suggestion. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you mean Jesse Ventura. Let's just throw that out there and make it confirm before I say anything. Um, now the uh, so so, but then the other situations where you have. To Americans, again, I've talked about you know, Americans who want to build support uh, science, Americans who don't, you know, you have this president, and, and, I, and this is one of the things that I wanted, I put it out to Twitter, uh, because I wanted some call-ins today, and maybe the show would go in a different result if they did do so, if, if they did call in about this, is that Donald Trump said today, and I think he said it today again, because I think he's made this comment before that our testing is so much bigger and more advanced than any other country. We've done a great job on this, That it shows more cases. Without testing or weak testing, we would not be showing, we would showing almost no cases. Testing is a double edged sword. Now he said this before. I know he said this before because he was fighting it. Well, but he likes to repeat things on Twitter. I don't know if he forgot that he said things before, but he's, he's said this before. I know that. and you know He's always tweeting law and order. I wish there should be like a Dung, whenever he tweets law and order. That that should be my... Uh, I should subscribe to Donald Trump's and get text messages whenever he's... I thought my phone would probably blow up. And then whenever he types... I wish I could specifically do it to when he types post law and order as a tweet and just have it go... Um, But first and foremost, you know, he likes to compare us to what South Korea did. Well, South Korea is a smaller country, less population. And they obviously are going to need less testing than we would because we're a much larger country. So, yes, we can have more tests as a number but still be falling behind on what we need to do for testing because we have low testing per capita. And that's another thing. There are Americans who understand what per capita means and there are Americans who don't get the concept of per capita. And you could tie that back to the whole black lives matter arguments that are being made uh, because to a T every argument that I have about Black Lives Matter, and why changes need to happen with this, and always bring up this one infographic that shows in like 2019 or 20, whatever the last year was that you had about 50% more deaths by cops of what that were white than were black. So maybe like 280 and. 50, 380 or 250 and 380, were the numbers, if I'm remembering them correctly. And they use this to say, look, more white people are shot. But yes, but that's not the argument as to how is that is the number. The argument is how likely you are to be shot if you're a black person. And because there is about six times more white people than black people in this country, if you're if white people represent only 50% more deaths for, by the hands of police than black people then black people are being killed at a disproportionate rate. And that's the thing. You have to look at the rate. You have to look at that. Just like with the virus and testing, you can't just look at the sheer numbers of tests that we do. We have to look at the rate of tests, how the per capita, how many people are being tested. And then you have to test multiple times sometimes because just because you test once, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get it again. If you're in a high-risk situation, testing every two weeks might be necessary. So, and that's another thing that he doesn't get. He complained that the media would say, oh, well, we tested everybody once. Now they wanted to test everybody again. Well, yes, yes, we do. Because just one test doesn't make you immune. A test just means it. this snapshot, if you tested everybody in America and got a snapshot of what America looked like, America could look much differently in two weeks, depending on what happens. Like, let's say two weeks ago, people went out for Memorial Day weekend. Well, guess what? They weren't doing social distancing, they weren't using masks, and now we're having a spike. Some states, more spikier than others. State Louisiana is going up a little bit, but Louisiana seems to have a governor that that is, oh, we had Eddie Rispone. He was the candidate. Look up, if you haven't seen it, look up the debate between Rispone and Edwards. Oh, it, it showed why Rispone had no business being in politics or at least had no business being governor because he was not ready for prime time at that point. Let me tell you. But the thing is, I, I, I can't only imagine what this state would look like if Rispone was governor during this, we would be in the top of, the bad list again we would be there would be a lot of deaths because he would be following trump he would be and look edwards and trump get along fine because a edwards is a conservative democrat and b you know he doesn't necessarily want to edwards does it's not the type of person that bucks the system overall though he did put a little couple shots in here and there at trump i think during the during the presidential election, or during either during the presidential election or during the governor's race, or something, um, I think during the governor's race, Trump came down to campaign for Responi and Edwards had some words. I think after Edwards won, but is the thing is that you know, but, then, but then you have the other thing that he said, which is even more horror, It's horrifying that we have a president that thinks like this. Because not only does he not understand per capita, or he maybe he does, and may, maybe he's smarter than he's letting on, but is playing dumb because he knows, or is saying dumb things because he knows some of the people that support him will be like, Well, yeah, yeah, we're testing more, and not question what he's saying because it's all about the spin, it's all about sugarcoating. As I said on my, the couple of uh, live, um, responses that I did to Trump's when he was doing the, the daily briefings during the uh, the COVID-19, you know, he sugarcoats everything so much that I'm surprised that we all don't have diabetes (laughs) because he's just, everything has to be sugarcoated. You can't, you can't, say he can't say anything negative he can't admit that anything is going badly and even that i mean back you know forget two americas the ones that embrace science the ones who don't Donald trump early on when we had 15 cases said that it was just going to vanish like like a miracle just go away burying our head in the sands and part of that's part of the reason why things are as bad as they are and yes he did the china travel ban that's not enough. That was not clearly not enough back then, and people were telling him that it's not enough. And people were telling him that experts were telling him that the money that you would spend on enforcing this travel ban, the Chinese travel travel ban to China, could have been better and more effectively spent in other ways preventing the virus. And that was the point that the World Health Organization was making: was that was that you could spend money in better ways to help protect the American people from this virus. And, but he wanted to make it a show. He wanted to say, look, I did this big thing, and, but then he did nothing else. But he's always pointing back to that one thing that he did, despite the fact that it wasn't enough. And the rest of the response was too slow. The, the call for social distancing, the formation of, of the virus task force, all of them, too slow. Tens of thousands of people are dead now, more than they would have been had he responded more quickly. This thing, though, without testing, we would be showing almost no cases. Well, duh. Yes, if we don't test for a virus, then we won't know that we have the virus so that, so that we would show no cases. That doesn't mean that, we, that we'd have. He would rather us not know the number of cases that we have that are positive positive. Then no, because if he if we know, then we would see the truth, and, and he doesn't want us seeing behind the curtain. We see the behind the curtain. We don't see the Great Wizard of Oz. We see this dumpy f- orange man. Use that word loosely. Doctor Fauci was an expert. Where is he now? He is. I don't think. I don't think Fauci has left the president hanging. I think it's up to the president to bring Fauci in. The, Fauci doesn't ha, as you know, Fauci is probably the expert that we want to rely on when it comes to this. Although I, I would say it's, you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. You should have various experts working together to try and come to the best solutions. But I think that it's a matter of you know Trump not wanting to hear from Fauci. And just today, you know, you had Trump all for months talking about hydroxychloroquine and the FDA basically said, look, there's no, there's, there's no evidence of its efficacy in working to prevent you from getting COVID-19 or in helping you when you're, when you're infected with COVID-19 with a use, with another, with an anti-inflammatory and I forget which anti-inflammatory. I think Zithromax was the anti-inflammatory. And so there's, and then there's, there's no efficacy of from helping, and there's potential for harm. And this president has been just harping on this drug forever, trying to push something like, a, as I said, like a snake oil salesman. He wanted to put for what I don't know if he's invested in it or not, in whatever companies make hydroxychloroquine, if he has investments in those things, and he wanted to see his stocks grow. I don't know. We don't have access to his financials. He won't share his uh financials. Yes, doc we also had Dr. Bricks and again, you know, I think she said something the other day, but every time they say something out loud that contradicts what the president wants the message that the president wants to send out, then he pulls them back out of the picture. I mean we were gonna he was gonna get rid of the task force and, and switch completely to the fiscal task force, if you will. I don't know if he called that exactly, but the problem is is that the other thing, that's the other part of there's another example of two Americas. Is that you have the Americas who want to protect lives more than money and then you have the America who that wants to protect money over lives. And I've asked this question to everybody who thinks we need to be quicker when it comes to returning back to business and opening businesses and getting quote back to normal, which I don't think is going to happen for a while or I don't think it should happen for a while. We need to, we need to manage this much better than it's being managed currently. But to those people who think we need to get back to business more quickly and and not worry about the testing and the social distancing and the contract, contact tracing and everything else that comes with making sure that we're as, I guess, I would say conservative as possible trying to prevent this disease from spreading, to really clamping down on it. And the people are like, no, but we have to, the Americans want to get back to work. Yes, Americans want to get back to work. I, I would love to be able to, actually, no, I can't really say that. I would. I, li- I like working from home, um, but my sleep and my work schedule has gotten really out of whack with this, so it's probably better maybe if I do work from the office a little bit, but I don't want to go work to the office because by staying at home and working from home when you can, guess what? You. You help prevent the spread of the disease. And opening things up too quickly is problematic because it's, it's going to help spread the disease. And if you're not, and if you have a president who's not going to help with testing, who who is not, who doesn't want to see testing because he doesn't want to see the real numbers because he's afraid of what the real numbers will do to him in the election, it'll show him for, for the fraud that he is. Um, I have to ask the people that want to rush back though, how much economic activity is worth a life? If you could say, okay for the next month if we do these steps it'll cause us a it'll it'll give us a billion more economic in an economic activity and for every billion of economic activity that we gain it's going to cost us x number of lives i don't know what x is i'm not an economist i'm not a virologist i don't know what those are i leave those information i leave that to the experts but if you if you have that number if we had that number what would that be what number would that be? It would be acceptable for you. Is a is billion dollars more in economic activity and 100 lives lost? Is that fine? Is that, is that okay? Is a is, is, is 1,000 lives lost okay for a billion in economic activity? Is one life okay? Now, look, this is a virus, and viruses can and do kill people, and nobody's expecting there to be zero deaths. I'd like that to be the case, but we're not expecting that to be the case. But if you, but we're talking about the differentials here. Like if we do this, we'll get this many more deaths. If we do this, we'll get this many less deaths. And I'll say many and not fewer because I don't know the number. It's just a chunk. And that's when you use many. That's your little grammar lesson for the day. For for me, who was talking about unnecessary pedantry earlier. Um. So, and I, nobody can give me an answer, and I think every, I think it's an, a a question that makes people uncomfortable because they don't want to be confronted with that truth, with that, with the truth that with a quicker return to regular economic activity comes a quicker return of the virus and more deaths, and I don't want, I don't, want I would. If, if you told me that if we continued the way we were, we were going to continue, that we could save 100,000 lives, let's just say 10,000 lives. Let's say we would say save 10, 10,000 lives in Louisiana. Let's, I don't know. I don't know what the number is. Whatever the number would be, we can save that many lives. But in doing so, you're going to eventually lose your job and have to declare bankruptcy and move in with your mother-in-law or what have you and start over from scratch. I would say well it would suck obviously but my financial well-being is not more important than other people's health other people's lives I don't want a single person dying because I want to go back to work because I want to have I want to make more money to me that's greed and and I can I can't fathom that that's that's another reason why we have two americas so, all right, let's, if you have other reasons why you think you might, we have, might have two Americas or if you think that I'm wrong, you know, give, give me a call, 914-803-4131, or again, you can leave us uh, some comments in the chat, like our friend, bringing up boy, uh, does do time and time again, uh, I do want to, let's, let's, let's look at what he has said Um Let's see. It is okay to be broken financial hurting to save a percentage of people who have the COVID same here. Death is not okay. Good. Good. Absolutely. And cause we can recover. I think, I think, let's say we went to a great depression. Let's say we had another great depression because of the virus. Let's say that that happened. I think that we are better situated to return from that because we have the infrastructure that we do. We have trucking, and freight and you know rails and better shipping and better air lines and we could we could get like food as necessary to people who need to get food and it, it would be probably be better than what the people in during the great depression had and i don't want a great depression don't get me wrong I, I want i want i want us to to be healthy in all ways but just i want to put the health and, and lives above the financial responses so i think we would be able to return from a great depression better than we were than we we did last time without having to go to war, especially. Um, let's see. Barack Obama made two successful appointments. Yes. I know of Sotomayor and I know of Kagan. Um, there was the, there was the one that he tried to appoint at the end of his presidency because uh, Scalia died and, um, they would not even bring it up for a vote. Uh, and they blocked it, um, saying some BS about whether, about presidents not being able to appoint people or should it be able to appoint people. Let the election decide. They wanted to let the election decide. Well, that's not how the constitutions worded. The constitution says the president gets to appoint and the Senate gets to advise and consent. But people decide. <laughs> that's not how it works. And, and in reality, the people decided that they wanted to have a progressive, uh, a more progressive uh, Supreme Court justice because the majority of the people voted for Hillary Clinton. But that's not how he elected president. So that's why I got Trump. So, buh, 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 if you have time, ponder this. Thought. Gabbard and Ventura 2020. Um, well, I don't know if about people talking about thermite paint like Jesse Ventura. I don't know if this is a good Jesse Ventura imitation, but I know he liked to talk about the thermite paint, about the 9-11 conspiracy, because he's a big conspiracy theorist when it comes to that. I was amused. Uh, I was surprised that Jesse Ventura ran for governor and that he won. Um, He cracked me up a bit when he came out and he made some sort of uh, announcement that I think that he was going to resign from office. And then at the end, he said April Fool's and he walked away. Um, So it's nice to have, I guess, somebody in elected office that would uh, um, not take themselves that seriously. I think Ventura has recently since come around and, and, and been a little less conspiracy theory-ish and has been a little more um, common sense, if you will. But um, if Gabbert and... Uh, um, Gabbard... A lot of people have said uh, that Gabbard, Gabbard is a Russian stooge. Uh, not that she or an asset not to say that she is working directly with the Russians but that she helps um, promote Russian interests like I think when she went to go meet with Assad um, and I think Assad is if I'm correct Assad is um, friendly with Russia um, they want Russia wants Assad to have power in the region um, and I think that's one of the reasons why, one of the things that Trump messed up in that um, the Kurds, in Syria, were, were helping kind of keep Assad at bay, but they were also having issues with uh, Turkish, some of the Turkish folks, and by tr- pulling the troops away, he basically abandoned the Kurdish allies that we have, and as such, helped Assad get more power, which helps Russia gain more control in the region. So, and look, Gabbard is a veteran, and I respect her service, and um, I, I really enjoyed uh, that she made sure to bring up uh, her history of, of incarceration issues in California with uh, um, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, and so she had some good things. I, I just she couldn't crack any sort of. I don't think she pulled more than two percent at all. I don't think she has what it takes to make it on is she running are they running for a green party um i don't know if i don't know what they would be running for or if there was some third party ticket but our nation really isn't set up to have third party politics because at the end of the day if somebody is runs third party you have ross perot ross perot never won a single state um, he he I don't even think he came in second in any state, and potentially all he did was a spoiler for bush um, but Clinton you know he didn't get any electoral votes, and Clinton still won the electoral majority now if if you have a third party person who is able to crack enough electoral college votes to make it so that nobody hits at this point two seventy, then you runoff, you have the states in Congress get to vote. So the the congressional delegation in the House gets to vote. But it's not each person getting a vote in the House. It's the state delegation in the House. So Louisiana's delegation would come together and say, okay, we're going to vote for Trump. And then the next delegation would say, Mississippi would say, it doesn't matter that you might have one or maybe even two, probably not. But you have one out of six who says, so you whittle all those out. And then the California delegation gets to get in and say, okay, we're voting for Joe Biden. <clears throat> and so the, the Republican voices don't matter. But when you have such a gerrymandered country, when the districts are so still horribly gerrymandered, the constitutional solution that picks the president, if nobody gets the majority of the, of the electoral college, favors the Republicans far too much. And so I don't believe supporting a third party candidate at this time is, is something that is worthwhile. I don't think that it helps anything. I think that it only works to act as a spoiler third parties in general, in the history of the country have only seemed to work as spoilers. Um, And then as one of them grows in popularity, the other one sinks in popularity um, you never really have three parties doing much of anything, um, you know, making it interesting. And part of the problem is that you, you run these third party presidents and presidential candidates and third party tickets, but there's nobody down ballot running that's going to make anything useful. I mean, you can't, obviously you can't just win one state to win win the presidency, but you got to start somewhere. You got to you got to win some congressional seats. You got to win you got to have competitive congressional races in every single district if you're going not maybe not even every single district. But if you're trying to make a difference and trying to win something, you know, you can't you're not going to be able to do it as president if you don't have the people in the house and the senate working with you and you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to get as much traction if you don't have anybody down ballot working on your behalf doing the groundwork in those districts that's why i many times i just think that third parties is a mistake if, if you have if you're liberal and you have liberal issues that you want to push just join up with the democrats if you have republican issues just join up with the republicans and look and, and just if you if you think that the democratic party if let's say you're a Sanders supporter and you're just mad at the democratic party because you feel that the sand that sanders was mistreated even though he wasn't but if you feel that the party is, is too corporatist and not enough left wing, not enough progressive for you, then join the party and change it from the inside. You, you, you. And, and, and of course, after the commercial break, you're going to say, well, Dan, aren't you, aren't you kind of going back on what you said? Because sometimes, no, sometimes you can't change things from the inside, and in that case, yeah build your own party but you have to build a party from ground up you can't just expect to win the presidency and um just with somebody running as the presidential candidate i mean the the closest we came recently was perot but he was a billionaire he could fund his own campaign he could fund his own commercials and you know he still didn't get one electoral vote so why is uh Bernie still holding on to his delegates. Um, Again, another question from bringing boy in the chat Um, because he wants to use them as leverage, I guess, to be able to talk about it and push for party changes and, 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 and have a say in the platform. And it's partially worked because Biden agreed that they're going to have committees, three people from the Biden campaign, three people from the Sanders campaign. On six planks. And on each of those planks, both, camp, both campaigns are going to work together to come up with answers. And now Biden obviously is the tiebreaker. He'll, he'll say yay or nay on those issues. But you know, the fact that Bernie did enough to have a big chunk of the votes tells us that you know, he has popularity in the party and Biden's doing the right thing by including him in the decision making process. Uh, Democrat, social, democratic socialism i mean you might say it's splitting of hairs and maybe the, again maybe that's unneeded pedantry. but um i mean sanders has come out and said in his most recent discussion which i'll get to after the break that he doesn't want to defund police that he wants that he believes that police officers need to get paid more and there may be some truth to that maybe there's maybe you can do both and i will get to How do you do both after the commercial break? If you do want to call in the show, it's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say. Sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right.
1: And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah.
0: Greetings. This is Nemes Yosh. Catch you on the tunes. Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first hour advertisers will lock in their rates. For the life of the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash liberal band and support the show today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. You can also join Bringing a Boy in the chat room um, by coming to the show page, the episode page. Uh, going down, make sure you have a Blog Talk Radio account. Um, I believe you need one. Bringing it Boy, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you do need to create a free blogtalkradio.com account to be able to participate in that chat and that way you can also subscribe and get updates when I'm going live and you could also, uh, after the show leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc on the show thread at liberaldan.com at facebook.com slash dan or at radio on Twitter so you could always uh, be a Patreon join Deminox Deminox Demi, Deminox yes his name is Deminox that is his username xdeminox on twitter he is the first liberal dan radio patron so again big shout out to him also a shout out to my good friend my little brother then host of the most nimbus yosh from the percy podcast at percy podcast on twitter make sure to follow his podcast he has a lot of good information lots of good topics and he i think he curses a little bit more than me but that's okay i i have been known to say uh drop a expletive from time to time, and I do not begrudge those who do, especially if it's the right circumstance. And when I did uh, do some cursing, I think the other day, I did uh, uh, did warn people. I uh, said, look, if you have kids listening now, don't let them listen. So I don't plan on doing any cursing today, but who knows what the day may bring. Um, before we get to the, the whole defunding police topic, though, I did want to bring up the other thing, which was the fact that you know Obama did Lose did have that Supreme Court nomination stolen from him. And um, we had the issue of, uh, uh, you know, now we have Gorsuch. And then we got Kavanaugh after that. And what happened uh, today was something that every single person I know was shocked, was absolutely shocked in that the Supreme Court not in a five four but in a six three ruling they said that you cannot discriminate against people because they're LGBTq you cannot fire somebody because they are trans using the wording that as they as, as they were the, the word that was being battered bantered around batted around or however you want to say it, the word that was being used was textualists. And you looked at the text of the document to see, and the argument that was made by the people who sided with the opinion that was written by Gorsuch, which is, I think, the thing that is the most surprising uh, is that textually speaking, that if you have, uh, if you are a trans person, And if someone is discriminated against you because you're a trans person, uh, they are still discriminating against you because of sex. And as such, new laws are not written, uh, needed to be written to solve the situation. The the text in and of itself should be enough to protect an individual. Um, And uh, that's, you know, fine. That's good. But of course, the other side of the of the issue, uh, we said um, that now you're making law. You're you're not you're not doing uh, what you're supposed to be doing as a Supreme Court member. Nom- Supreme Court member that's supposed to be writing law. You're supposed to be. That's always the argument that's made, especially by the conservatives, that if you're interpreting the law, you're writing the law, and it's, that's not true at all. <laughs> But, you know, it is what it is. Um trying to get here. I believe we do have Suzette on the line. Am I correct?
2: You are. Hello. Yay. How are hey. you doing?
0: I'm doing great, Suzette. How are you? Uh,
2: good. I'm well, thank you. I see you got my tweet. <laughs>
0: I did. On your
2: late birthday. <laughs> yes. Uh, good. I'm glad.
0: And did you uh, get my email in response?
2: I, I have not. Uh, I haven't actually checked my email. I've kind of been on hiatus about a week or so, kind of a week and a half.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> but I'm glad okay. you sent me an email, so I will look for that.
1: Okay.
0: I forget which email address I sent it from. I think I sent it from the podcast email. I think you had left the feedback on the page, so, but we'll get it worked out.
2: Okay. Okay, great. Um, and anyway, I, I, well, I'm. Would like you to call me if you can after this uh, after your show uh, because I have a proposal for you. Sure, I will <laughs> okay, definitely do good. that.
0: I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a shout out. I'll give you a call after the show's over. So, um, what That's what, what topics do you want to talk about?
2: Um, well, um, you were just speaking about the Supreme Court, and um, it, it shouldn't be too surprising um, when Gorsuch and Kavanaugh um, were appointed. They were appointed. Not to rule conservatively, but to because they are um, constitutionalists, so it's by the Constitution. And when conservatives say they shouldn't be making law from the bench, um, they should be in, it, it is they should be interpreting the law in the language of the law that's written um, and not making law from the bench as far as legislating um, from their opinion. And so that's that's the difference from there. I just wanted to, to kind of clear that clarify that. Um,
1: so well, sure, I
0: get that, but you have two constitutionalists who disagreed with each other on this issue of constitutionality and what the law says and their powers thereof. so clearly there there's wiggle room there. Uh, there's no, there's no right, clear right. set definition of, of what a constitutionalist is you, if you argue that both of them were, were appointed based on their their um, being beholden to being constitutionalists, obviously there's so there's there's gray area, if you will. And a lot of times when when people do talk about the uh, constitutionalist and 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 interpreting the Constitution, you know, specifically and 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 um, in a narrowly narrowly point narrow point of view and and looking at laws as they're quote written, um, which there's again like a debate over is it written? What it was it was not in. A lot of times you see uh, liberals arguing uh, legislative intent and conservatives arguing for being textualists. But in this case, I think there were conservatives, uh, the, the three on the, on, the, on the most more conservative side, the three of the six to three, um, who were arguing intent over because they were like, well, they couldn't have possibly have meant trans people because they wouldn't have thought about trans people back then. And it's true. They wouldn't have thought about trans people back then. But as it's right. worded, they, and, and, but there are things like the Ninth Amendment. Like let's, let's look at the Ninth Amendment, which is, uh, I think, the redheaded stepchild of the amendments to the Constitution, which basically says um, all of these rights that we've written are not an, an exhaustive list, that there are rights that are retained by the people. You cannot say that, hey, just because the law is written here is not written in the Constitution that is not retained by the people. So how does one strictly interpret that? I mean, my strict interpretation of that is is that we have a bunch more rights that are not listed. And as such, um, we we have more. Right. Okay. So, so it's, and obviously, again, to the point that I made as well was that two supposed strict constitutionalists disagreed here and disagreed in other rulings as well. I think, kavanaugh was on the other side i think with roberts on a different ruling and there was some shots being fired proverbially speaking uh um, between roberts and gorsuch on that particular ruling and i forget what it was but it was another one of the six i think it was five fours so i think it might have been six three i think it was with the other liberal justices um but again again they're it's going to be it's it's, it's it's weird how, how things are lighting up. And of course I'll take it, but
1: I mean, how do you, how do
0: you, do you, do you generally agree with with the ruling? Do you think the ruling was within keeping within the, the words of the law? Or do you believe that, that Gorsuch acted outside of what he said he would uh, in his nomination hearings and what you expected of him uh, when he was confirmed?
2: Well, um, so there, as I understand this correctly, and if I don't, then please interrupt me um so there is no law that's um, I guess strictly pertaining to the trans community um and their protections for employment um, as far as being fired because of their trans uh, position um, is that correct
0: yeah there there is no specifically like, the title seven. VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, uh, prohibits job discrimination because of sex. It does not mention um, specifically uh, gender identity or sexual orientation.
2: Well, I I think sex would pertain to cover all all of those things. I mean, to me anyway, it seems like when they say sex, it just means it covers all of that, whether you're gay, whether you're um, a lesbian, whether you're trans, um, you know, Whatever you identify, I get well not necessarily identify with. It. If you are a trans and you're a trans, if you're gay, you're gay. If you're a lesbian, you're a lesbian. Um, if only you would only claim something else if you were in transition to become complete in that. So if you're a woman transitioning to a man, you could just call yourself a man. There wouldn't be any need to say gender identity or um, or um, what is it <laughs> as far as claiming a gender. Uh, gender-neutral or anything like that, that wouldn't be necessary. Uh, Because it's a job. You're either for that, you know, as far as biology goes. uh, But I think it should be covered under that. Um, So if that's how uh, Gorsuch was ruling, then I agree with his ruling. When we start getting into too many specifics, like you mentioned a moment ago, that there are rights that we have that aren't necessarily written because there are just too many um, because we're individuals and that's who we are. <laughs> There's too many to, right. to list. You know, they could go on forever. And so they already list specific ones as far as sex and and um, um, color, race, whatever else they have in there. Uh, so I think I pretty much covered it all. Um, I don't know what the problem is, was with that. <laughs> now, I see a problem with if they start getting into specifics, which I think that's what Gors- Gorsuch was trying to avoid, because if we specifically name transgender specifically name black people specifically name you know then it's pretty much if you if you start getting protected groups too many protected groups and then, then nobody's protected
0: right <laughs> well know, and that's an interesting thing i was having i was actually having a discussion on facebook on a political page shocking i know um about <laughs> like pr- protected classes um and the person was saying that protected classes you know by having protected classes you don't have equality and I was like, well, that's not necessarily the case uh, with, with like when you, when you make race a protected class. You're not saying that being black is a protected class or you're being Asian is a protected class. You're saying that race is a protected class. So just like kind of with this law that basically says if you're fired because of uh, issues pertaining to sex, that, that is against the rules, that is against, the rule, that against, that is against uh, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act as enabled by the 14th Amendment that guarantees equal rights. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the, um, if if you are a white person, there was a case in Louisiana where there was eight or nine, I want to say black prisoners, uh, at I think Mm -hmm. Angola prison and they attacked Mm. a white prisoner and specifically attacked him because he was white. Uh, all of Uh them got charged with hate crimes because race is a protected class. Now it just so happens that a lot of the times you wind up getting most of your, your, your hate crime type legislation or hate type hate crime type conviction the other way around um but that doesn't mean that it's only protecting black people and i'm I'm not saying you were saying that but i'm just making that point is that i agree with you in that you can't say only black people are protected you can't say only hispanic people are protected you can't say only trans people are protected Uh, what you can do um is say that sex is a protected class, that race is a protected class. Um, You can say those things, and at that point, um, it protects everybody. And if it happens to protect, in practice, people more often than others because those are the people that are suffering and need that law, then so be it. But at the end of the day, it's still – if you have those oddball cases, like the case in Angola where a white person is attacked specifically for being white – they, it's going to apply to that person too, and that's what makes these types of rules equal protection of the law as guaranteed by the Fourteenth mm-hmm. Amendment.
2: I think the only problem that I have with them, um, with the whole uh, protections of um, that are in that sex and race um, law, the civil rights that we're talking about. The only problem that I have with that is that if you're if you are an employer, and you do fire somebody and you have legitimate cause, but that person seems to think that 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 that's not a cause, that you did it because of their race or sex or whatever um, that's covered under that civil civil rights law, and not because they were um, poor performance um, in their job, and so now that's got to be taken to court and proven, and so you never know what's in a person's mind uh, as far as did they fire me for that reason, you know, because my my skin color is brown, or um, did I do a shitty job, you know? <laughs> right. And so um, <clears throat> people, um, there are some groups of people that tend to believe that um, automatically it has to do with um, something else and not their job performance. And and so that's kind of where I kind of, I, you know, it's really hard to say, um that that, that that law should exist. And, uh, but then again, on the other hand, you do have people, it strikes me odd that anybody would hire somebody if they had an issue with that person, uh, you know, with their skin right. color or if they were well, a with something, something else.
0: Right. Well, something, some things tend to be, I guess, more apparent than others. I mean, I know Saltz um, who, you know, there's one person in particular that I can think of off the top of my head who is, assigned male at birth, um, and is transitioning, uh, considers herself to be a woman. And uh-huh. I've seen the picture. Usually they they don't like people who are trans don't like to share their, their uh, pictures from prior, from prior to transitioning. Uh-huh. Um, but uh-huh. if you look, if you look she has shared hers. And if you look, you would not think at, at the beginning that that per individual was a, uh, Uh, was identified as a woman and if you saw her pictures now you would clearly know that this person is a woman Um, Mm -hmm. and so so sometimes I guess if if that happens you know you hire somebody and you're and and they're not out of the closet if you will um, then that could potentially change now in states like Louisiana uh, where it's a so-called work I call it right to fire but you know Uh they call it right to work um, but in reality, it's right to fire. You can fire anybody for any reason whatsoever. There's there's no need for cause. It's just you're fired, um, and that's it. You don't have to say why, and that makes it a lot harder in in such cases to prove. Now now that we have this ruling, I guess, and it, I would think it applies nationwide. Um, you have the situation where I guess yes, you do have. If if you feel that you were your your termination was because of uh, you being a trans person, uh, then. Yeah. You know, you would have to take it to court and you would have to prove your case. Um, the, the onus is on the person bringing the case to prove it. And, and that's where I think lawyers come in. Uh, obviously, some people are litigious and, and we're just trying to grasp the straws and maybe hope for settlement uh, instead of trying to actually, you know, seek uh, vindication at the end of the day. Uh, but if there's evidence mm-hmm. exists, you know, a lot of lawyers won't take cases if the evidence doesn't exist. Um, and mm. others and and they'll say, look, uh, I'm sorry we can't we can't take this case because the evidence isn't there and, and, and so sometimes you have to rely on that and other times you have to rely on, on the judges to say, look they're the, I'm going to throw this out on summary judgment and sometimes you have to rely on juries um, and but Dan, so-
2: you know better than I do as far as oh, all everything that's getting inflated these days and you know that there are those attorneys out there that can't wait to get their 15 minutes of fame yeah to be on television saying they're defending this person that got fired because they were this or that.
0: <laughs> sure, so it absolutely. could that, that does that, happen. You know,
2: those people exist. But, you know, I I find anyway in my personal experience that people who have transitioned um, just want to be left alone. They just want to function normal. You know, they've right. completed their transition and they go about their lives, you know, the way they're living it, just they're living out their life the way they wanted to live it out, and, and, you know, they don't want anybody to know, really, because there's no need for them to know, because this is their lifestyle, and, sure. uh, and they move forward. And, I you know, I love that. <laughs> I mean, as far as, you know, they're not trying to exploit anything. They just want to be normal people. You know, treat me right. normal. Don't treat me, you know, like I'm a freak or anything else, because you don't know my life.
0: <laughs> right. So I just want to be I yeah, I do want to point out that um, I do have, a, I mean, there's, you know, several of the things I would, I would, that you have said when it comes to trans trans people. I mean, yes, you know, trans people do want to live their lives. And, and there's, there's some wording, maybe issues there that, that I would potentially work on. I don't necessarily want to focus on that right now. Um, but I would recommend anybody listening to the podcast, if you do want to hear more about issues pertaining uh, to transgender individuals, um and see you know maybe you know and, and get some more information from the friend that I was talking about um I did feature her on the show 3 months ago ish pretty much exactly it was March 11th 2020 it's called do you need to be educated on transgender individuals um and I wholeheartedly say that anybody who does want to learn more um specifically from a trans person who is very well um very well um very used to talking to people and answering a lot of questions. She, she gives a lot of her emotional energy, um, to educate people about herself, about other trans folk. Um, and she has much more, she has a little more patience than I do. Uh, cause if you listen to the show, I actually muted somebody for a second because I was like, look, we're not going to have this. We're not going to do this right now. Cause I was very leery about it. And she was like, no, no, let him come back on. I want to have this conversation. Um, so, and then there was another great, you know, discussion between her and another trans person that was, you know, just kind of warmed my heart too. So if you, you definitely want to l- learn more about uh, transgender individuals, um, definitely go back to that show. It's, uh, um, th- three months ago, it's the March 11th, 2020. It's on, um, on the liberal Dan radio page of blog dot slash liberal Dan. So, um, that's that's interesting.
2: I think, I don't know, for me, I, I don't need to know if they're trans uh-huh. because I'm knowing the person that's in front of me now and that's all that matters. Correct. So it's like I see them for who they are living today and let's, let's go have lunch or go to work or whatever we have to do to do.
0: And that's <laughs> good. Know, it's just but I, another I would...
2: person. It's just another person, you know.
0: Right. But two of the things I would point out maybe is like a lot of the, a lot of the times uh, trans indivi- individuals don't necessarily like to be called like male to female or female to male. That's kind of antiquated uh, when it comes right. to how uh, they usually like the terms assigned at assigned gender at birth, like assigned male at birth, assigned okay. woman at birth. Um, okay. And also because um, a lot of times I, that, that exactly. kind of assumes or that kind of puts out there the idea that they were men and now that they're women, when in reality they've always been women, that's how they feel. That's how they that's how they identify as it's just they were just assigned differently on their birth certificate. So and I, okay. way back when I also had another friend of mine who was um, who is uh, trans male um, and, you know, dealt with that for a while. And as well, it was it was going through. He was born in Mississippi, which I think he had a much more difficult time dealing with uh those issues but eventually he was able to get he was able to transition and he was able to get the change on the birth certificate and so he was able to um be treated um as he wishes to be treated but i I do i mean i don't think you have malice at all in 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 that i think just people just sometimes um i mean i've i've been wrong before as well when it comes to you know how trans people like to be referred to i made a mistake on that episode you can probably listen to the episode i think i made at least one or two mistakes In that episode, and I'm and I'm trying my hardest, and I think ultimately at the end of the day, like I have somebody, two friends of mine who are both non-binary, and um, they both present in a feminine way, and they acknowledge that they present in a feminine way, um, but they do have the preferred pronouns or the used pronouns of they them, and I've slipped up once or twice. I slipped up once or twice with them, and at the end of the day, they know that when I do it, it's not purposeful, it's not malicious and that I'm trying my hardest and that's, that's all that necessarily they care about. So anyway, that's kind of going going a little bit off topic. It's a
2: communication thing because people are learning. Yeah. Yeah, We don't know, I guess you could say the lingo because there's like legal language, legal lingo and, you know, another kind of lingo. And so now there is transition lingo, which is pertaining to gender assignment, which thank you for correcting me. Um, so right. now, when I speak, uh, um, you know there is an audience. Now, now I'll be speaking properly. so that's a good thing <laughs> because Very I don't nice. want to upset anybody. Uh, but see, if you're not see, familiar with her, so one of the t- you're I appreciate one
0: of, that. <laughs> you're one of the two. Like I think I discussed this on the last show when my audio was horrible, um, and I didn't get to it this show yet. But there's there's the two Americas. of You know, it's not necessarily liberal and conservative Americas. The one of the things of the two Americas that I talk about is that people who are willing to learn and correct themselves from from either a lack of knowledge or from a mistake. And people who are unwilling to learn and change their point of view or willing to admit a mistake. I'm not saying it was a mistake on your part, but but like you're somebody who's willing to learn and wants to know things and, and appreciates learning new things. And that makes you part of, I think, my side of America, whereas there's the other side of America and it's, again, there are liberals who don't want to learn things either. Um, it, who are just set in their ways and don't want to don't want to listen to anything in particular about any sort of issue. Um, and those
2: and the rigid Americans the <laughs> I said those ones are the rigid Americans. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to so they're they're, yeah, they're, 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 they're
0: rigid Americans and then there are there are open minded Americans, people who do want to hear about um, new things and learn new ways, and willing to admit that they're wrong, and that's something that is very important. And, and unfortunately, doesn't happen enough in this country. So um,
2: I just that we have people that want to, you know, I hear all the time, and I almost get sick of hearing people say, "We need to come together. We need to unite." And it's like, but then the people aren't doing anything to to do reach over the aisle. Whether it, you know, it's got to be both sides, and and like you said, just be open. I mean, yeah. we're a changing society. And, unfortunately, that change has stopped somewhere along the lines to where people are no longer open-minded to learn. They may not be as accepting, but at least if we're civil to each other and are willing to open up to say, okay, this exists or this exists or whatever exists, I need to acknowledge that that this is existing, whatever is happening, and, and move forward from there. But we just stopped. You know, our growth is stunted, and we just have people who are set in their ways, and a small group of people that are open. And I think we need to, we need to shout that part from the rooftops. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs>
2: to get the other ones to listen. <laughs>
0: well, perfect. Well, about 12 minutes left on the program show. So let me go ahead and let you go. I will call you back in maybe about 15 minutes or so on, you know, to discuss the offer that you have for me. Um,
2: okay. Thank you.
0: We, we will also I, I, about 15 minutes. It's a 504 area code number. So if you see a five, 504, that's most likely me. <laughs> that was our friend Suzette from California, and I do always appreciate Suzette calling in. And I do want to do a couple of things that I want to talk about. First of all, um, no, it was something that was very disturbing that was shared to me on my Facebook page uh, or that was shared on somebody's on my timeline, Let us all was that Will Wheaton, who played Wesley Crusher on Star Trek The Next Generation and was also in Stand By Me, Um, more more recently also on Big Bang Theory as himself. Um, He is now the same age as Patrick Stewart was when Star Trek The Next Generation premiered. And that makes me feel old. Very, very old. (laughs) Anyway, so the other thing I did want to talk about during this, uh, well, actually there's two things I wanted to talk about. Let me go ahead and pull this up first. First. Um in the discussion about um black lives matter and uh um, policing and and stuff like this, I, there are people that I know who have um who have an inability uh to discuss political issues because of the nature of their jobs. And so those people are, you know, prohibited from being political. However, um I've asked, well can they make Post or discuss things anonymously and let other people say them for them as long as it's anonymous. And they said, Yes, that's allowed. So I did promise that I would talk about this on this show and, of course, or the last show, but the last show was horrible, so I didn't get to get to it. Uh, but here is what my friend said uh, First, to all those who are suffering and downtrodden, but especially the black community, my heart goes out to you. Growing up, my family taught me to treat everyone equally and bear good faith to all. Until I became adult, I was always I always thought that was enough. It's not, and it is why our society is where it is today. We need to be more pass we need to be more than passive to affect change. We need to rise up and defend those who are persecuted and treated with malice. The hardest part of being in the military now is defending a country that defies its core values. We do not support freedoms for a significant minority of our people. The militarization of the police force is a danger to our community. In the military, we are trained to ex- and expected to engage with and destroy our enemy. The police should have no enemy. They protect and serve. This is why we have uh, the Posse Comatus Act. It is unethical to treat and act as though our citizens are enemies of the people, which is why what we have seen in America. Though these systemic issues have existed throughout America's history, it's been ramping up over the last three decades. This is a bipartisan problem. Though our current commander-in-chief is horrendous. We do need to acknowledge that both parties have exacerbated the issue. It is not enough to get rid of the fascists in the government. We need to hold the replacements accountable and not give them a free pass because they aren't as bad. One of the greatest parts of the military is that it brings people together equally. Though we aren't perfect, we have each other's backs and we'll, we'll bleed and die for each other regardless of race. However, this can be corrupted. In the military, we can see an antipathy to those of Middle Eastern descent. This is how the system has defined Black Americans and it makes me sick. I don't know how to fix it, though I'll continue to search for the answer every day. My brothers and sisters in arms deserve nothing. Less. and I can't say that I agree with him any less or more. What? That's not... I, that was worded. I can't say that I disagree with him at all. That's the best way to... Uh, Say what I was trying to say. who <coughs> said it horribly the first time. No, I, I, I 100% agree with that. And, and that's part of what uh, this whole defund police movement is about. And again, defund police shows that we potentially have more than two Americas here. Uh, there's the people who, again, unneeded pedantry, who assume, just like they assumed, that Black Lives Matter, the Black Lives Matter slogan meant that only black lives matter no that's not what they meant they meant black lives should matter or black lives matter too um, but again the slogans that are given in these sort of things can sometimes be imperfect in that they, they're maybe overly broad but they also are you know you can't just say the entire two or three sentences of what you want and have that be a slogan And have to be something you chant so instead you find Def, you know, Black Lives Matter, or you shout defund the police. Now, defund, you know. Well, I found a definition online that said that defunding the that that it means completely taking out the, all of the money. Well, that's not necessarily the only definition that there is. There's another definition that I could easily point to that says it's just a withdrawal of money, and withdrawal without complete. Does not mean a complete withdrawal? It can mean a partial withdrawal. If I go to the ATM and withdraw money from the ATM, it doesn't mean I empty out my account and I close it. I could, but it doesn't mean that I do. So a defunding of the police doesn't mean that you're eliminating all of the police departments. And you can abolish specific police departments. Like you can go and say, look, this police department sucks. We're going to to, uh, destroy it just from the structurally wise. We're going to take out the the entire mechanisms that it has. We're going to Right, then we're going to replace it with something else. <clears throat> this is where I kind of brought up the idea that, well, 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 Dan, aren't you being a little bit hypocritical because you don't have to destroy something completely. You can just incre- change it incrementally, just like with the parties. Well, yeah, sometimes you can change things incrementally. Sometimes you can change things from the inside and make it better. I see no evidence that in these many of these police departments that you have a situation where these people these structures, these power structures that are in place will change at all. None. I see no reason to believe that there's no reason that I would believe that the Minneapolis the police department is, is in any way open to change because it's not just about policies. It's about culture. You have a culture of corruption in that department. How do I know that? How I don't, do I know every single police officer? No. But what are the odds if you have a police department of, a, of any given size to have four? Right there, four people at a scene, of, a, at the scene of, of an alleged crime. And what was the crime? He was trying to pass off a fake 20. It's clearly something that you could have given a summons to. You could have taken some evidence. And, you know, who's to say that he knew it was counterfeit, even if it was? I wouldn't know. If you gave me money for something and I took it and then I used that money to pay somebody else – I wouldn't know that it's a real 20. I mean, unless you did a really bad job at it, like used real like printer paper instead of using the the actual type of paper, or at least something similar to what the money is printed on. But, you know, what are the odds that you would have one officer who would feel that it's perfectly okay to kneel on somebody's neck for eight and a half minutes until they die? And then three other police officers who either help and or help murder the guy and or stand by and do nothing to prevent the death from happening. The odds of that happening are slim to none, unless you have a culture of corruption and an evil police department that is just so toxic that it has to be replaced. And look, Donald Trump knows something about what I'm about to say, because you have a situation where like, let's say you're in a bad relationship do you and there's, let's say there's no trust left in that relationship. Do you say, well, let's let's try and fix it. Let's try and fix it. Everybody knows that if you have such a bad relationship going on that and, and there's no trust at all, that you're not going fi- to. It's never going to get fixed. You have to just end the relation, terminate the relationship, and move on and find somebody else. Now, that's the same thing here. There is no trust. There is no trust in policing. My son looked at the murder of Rayshard Brooks. And it just happened to come on, and he just was in shock. And he looked at me, and he was like, this is my seven-year-old. And he goes, are those police officers going to go to jail? And I say, well, do you think they should go to jail? And he said, yes. He, he nodded at me. He said, yes, those police officers should go to jail for what they did. And I can't say I disagree with him. I, I, I support that fullheartedly, and And I'm glad that he came to the decision by himself, but we are supposed to live in a country where we're supposed to trust the police. And that just doesn't happen. And it's, it doesn't happen. And, it, and, it, and if it's happening with my kid, who's white, who hasn't had a bad personal interaction with him? But he's empathetic, and he knows that you know he he cares about people, and and and, I, and it makes me a, a proud dad to, to know that my both of my sons are very caring individuals who care about people and want to help people and that are that are mistreated. Uh, tells us that we're doing a great job, and then they're great kids. But now you're now put yourself in a situation where you're a black kid in this country, and you're seeing. This happening, you see the murder of George Floyd. You see, individual. See, there's so many black people that have been killed by police wrongly that you can't remember everyone's name, and you just can't remember it off the top of your head. No knock warrant, come in, shoot her in her bed. She wasn't doing anything wrong. It was the wrong house. People are living under under racial oppression. And they don't trust their police departments. And if you can't trust the police department, you're not going to call them. They they basically have, they're they're not useful. If you can't trust them, they are not useful. And yes, bringing Floyd brings up, Chauvin might have murdered Mr. Floyd for other reasons other than his skin. It's been brought up that they have known each other and that that potentially there was a problem working together. And And if that comes out, that there is a lasting issue, I think it'll get bumped up to murder one. And so I would be very happy to see that it bumped up number one, although I'm not happy the fact that Floyd died. So the thing is, is that if if you don't trust it, you have to tear it down and build anew. And maybe there are some people who just want to tear it down and don't want to build anew, but I think that's the exception, not the rule. And so, but we'll, we'll talk about this more potentially on Wednesday um, with, with perhaps John, who will, who will probably be calling it at that time, especially since the audio seems to be fine. That is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Uh, Talk from the left, that's right. Uh, Again, tune in next week, or actually tune in Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central for another episode. Um, And until then, follow me at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, Liberal and support me at the Patreon, Patreon.com slash Liberal Dan. And there's the Anchor minicast, Anchor.com slash Liberal Dan as well. So Wednesday, this is Dan Zimmerman Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right.